everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Lighthearted. My name is Anna. And my name is Bracey, and we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow. How are you growing this week? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if we talked about this before, that sometimes the way that we ask that question to each other, it sounds like from how I met your mother when he says, have you met Ted? <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know if we've talked about it before, but anyway, um, how am I growing? I have been doing some preemptive work on the anxiety that I know I'm going to have this year about money. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. This is going to be an expensive year, and I know that. And although I don't feel like the deep anxiety that I know is coming yet, I'm like, okay, I need to go ahead and start developing coping strategies and doing work around my money anxiety because it's going to be a rough year in that regard, like all fun stuff, but yeah, it's just going to be expensive. So I need to get on it. That is good that you have identified that as a future problem. Yes. How do you foresee yourself handling that? It's a great question. I have already mentioned it in therapy, so that's good. (laughs) That's a good start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just when I do start to feel little tingles of anxiety or when Taylor and I are talking about this year and planning it and all of that stuff, talking about like the money aspect of it and just telling myself that it's going to be okay. I'm not going to save any money this year. However, it's all going to be like very fun experiences that enrich my quality of life. So that is more important than saving money this year. You know, it's It's, going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's good that you are getting ahead of it. Yeah. What about you? How are you growing? Well, I feel like this week was weird and Mm -hmm. maybe rougher than normal for everybody is kind Mm -hmm. of the consensus that I got. But today, I cleaned for several hours, and it just felt really nice. I did like four loads of laundry, and so I came into this recording feeling like I was crushing it. I love that. I know. It's such a satisfying feeling to accomplish a lot of stuff, but I feel like specifically around cleaning because it just lifts your mood. Also, it's just one of those things that, you know, when you have those times where you just get momentum the more you do, like the easier Mm -hmm. it gets. I feel like that's kind of rare, especially for me with cleaning, because it's not something that I typically like enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. But today was just I was crushing it. And the more I crushed it, the more I wanted to clean. So it was great. Yeah. Keep on crushing. Okay. I have a question about your laundry practices. So when you say that you did four loads of laundry, as soon as the laundry comes out of the dryer, do you immediately fold it and put it away? I don't take it out of the dryer until I'm ready to fold it. So what happens is sometimes the laundry sits in the dryer for longer than I would like, but Mm -hmm. I would rather have it still in the dryer where I can turn it back on for 10 minutes to get the wrinkles out and then fold it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then after you fold it, does it immediately go in the dresser or the closet? Yes. Wow. 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 Okay. Tell me about your laundry practice. (laughs) I want to (laughs) hear. I same page about leaving it in the dryer until I think I'm ready to fold. As I say that, there is a pile of laundry sitting to my right that I took out this morning and then sat on the couch watching the Maze Runner instead of folding the laundry. Wow. <laughs> um, and so now it's just sitting there. Uh, but it'll get folded today, most likely. I'm really wrinkle averse, so that's what spurs me to actually fold. Mm-hmm. 
And I put my stuff away immediately because my dress, like I fold, I fold on our bed and then I put it in our dresser, which all my, like the dresser is my clothes and Seb has a dresser in our closet. Okay. And I leave his clothes in the basket and he puts them away at his leisure, which is usually within 24 hours because he's Seb. Okay. (laughs) I was going to say, does he leave it in there a long time? Does it bother you if he leaves it in there? Okay. I will say that I refuse to fold his socks because they're all black, but they're not all the same. And it just oh. annoys me to like have to find the matches to the socks like that. So he, sure. he folds his own socks. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about our topic today. Yeah, I'm so pumped about this. So for those of you listening, there is a values exercise on BreneBrown.com that you can do along with us. And she also released a podcast on it, but it made me remember an exercise that I did with Anna a couple of years ago. And revisiting values was really interesting this time around. So Anna, do you want to just tell us about that exercise? Yeah. So I can't remember when this was, like maybe 2019, 2018, something like that. We had gone to the mountains. We'd gone to Virginia for Taylor's family. They don't have this house anymore, but they used to have a house there. And so we did a big friend weekend. It was really fun. And I had brought these personal values card sort with me that I had learned about in my internship. And there's like 80 to 85 cards. It's kind of a lot. It can be overwhelming. Like there have been some people that I've tried to do it with and they, Mm -hmm. when they see the number of cards they have to sort, they're like, I can't do this right now. Um, and so you put them into three different categories. So the three categories are very important to me, important to me, and not important to me. So the first thing you do, you just hand them the stack of cards and you're like, okay, sort these into these three piles. And each word has like a small little description on the bottom. So I think that can be helpful. Mm -hmm. And this practice, I don't know if it was like originally developed for this. I don't know who came up with it, but anyway, it's a tool that you can use in motivational interviewing, which is a therapeutic modality. Um, And the point of it is to, well, the point of motivational interviewing in general is to like help people resolve they're like ambivalent feelings around changing their behavior, but it's to do it in a way that, that doesn't bring up values. Yeah. And that it doesn't bring about like resistance okay. because you're trying to get them to come to that conclusion on their own. Got it. And so once they sort the, all the cards into these three categories, you take away all the cards that are in important to me and not important to me, which for some people, including myself, when I first did this felt very alarming. I was like, wait, 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 what are those cards? Like, what did I put in there? I started to panic a little bit. And then the people have to pick out five. So you're like, what are the five most important values here? And then after they pick five, they have to narrow it down to three. And then you kind of walk through questions about each value they chose, like how that shows up in their life. And if they can't come up with any like meaningful examples of how they demonstrate that, then you, you know, pick that apart and also then try to guide them back into the collection of very important to me values and have them pick something different. Because if you can't speak on how you act this out in your life, then it obviously isn't actually a value that is important or it might be a value that you want to be important or you wish it was or whatever, but you're not actually like integrating this into your life. Yeah. Do you remember what your three were? I looked back through the cards this morning and I think that my three were helpfulness, 
humor, and leisure. Okay. I think those were my top three. What were yours? Mine were love, growth, and contribution. Okay. How do those feel to you now? Well, first of all, all three of those were on the list of values from the exercise we did from BreneBrown.com. But I didn't earmark contribution at all this time. Okay. Growth and love are still important to me, but I didn't earmark love either because I felt like it fell into some of the other categories of the words mm-hmm. that I picked. Yeah. So yeah, very fascinating to me because I feel like my answers changed pretty significantly from then to now. Yeah. I felt the same way. Like I still would consider myself valuing helpfulness, humor, and leisure, but it's really easy for me especially leisure. Like that one was so easy for me to point to and be like, I don't act this out in my life. I mean, I do, but I also stay so busy like most of the time. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So I was like, hmm, maybe I like wish I was valuing this and I like to think that I value it, but I think maybe it's more that I crave it, but I don't actually integrate it very much. Okay. So let's get specific. With leisure, like where do you think the disconnect is with your lifestyle now? I think that I have difficulty saying no. That's part of it. But the other part of it is that I think I actually do enjoy being busy. Like last week, I had something planned every single night, Monday through Friday. And did you feel like that was too much by the end of it? To some extent, I think I was like, wow, this is a lot. Like, I wish I had one night where I like wasn't doing anything and already planning to be like, okay, next week, I'm going to make sure that I have at least two nights that I don't have anything going on. Gotcha. But also when I have time, when I do like have these occasional like leisure weekends where I like don't have any obligations, I enjoy them to an extent, but then I start to get bored and I start to get like really in my feelings. Like I feel like too much downtime where I just choose to lay on the couch and watch TV. Like it puts me in a sad mood. Oh, interesting. A lot of the time. So why would you say that you think you value leisure? I think because when I am really busy for like a long period of time, I'm like craving those weekends where I like don't have to do anything and I don't have to talk to anybody. So it's more like a supply and demand thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think That's so. interesting. You said that you still value healthiness, but it wasn't one of your top values anymore. Is that right? I That one was hard because that one just isn't on the list. And I value it. However, I now can see like, oh, do I value that in a healthy way? Or like, do I value it in that like, if I am helpful and I can make myself indispensable to others, they won't leave me. Like, is that actually why? (laughs) Well, as soon as you said helpfulness, I was like, okay, well, you're a people pleaser. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, I totally know like why I chose that. And I do enjoy being helpful, but I I think, yeah, there's a, a line where it crosses where it's like, oh, this is giving me something more than just like, oh, I enjoy helping people. It's yeah. it's confirming fears and trying to keep fears at bay and all mm-hmm. of this stuff. Yeah, I would say the same thing happened to me with contribution because when I mm. was thinking back on that, I was like, that value comes directly from my belief that my worth is tied to my productivity, like 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't actually value contribution. I just wanted to make sure I was worthy. Yeah. And you were in such a different place in your life, like when we did this card sort together. Yeah. 
I can't remember what job I was at when we did that, but I do remember that I was so exhausted that I had a very emotional reaction to the exercise. And yeah. Was, and then was very embarrassed about it afterwards. <laughs> I forgot about that. But honestly, a lot of people did have an emotional reaction because I did it with like maybe everybody that was there. Yeah, I think you did. Or maybe there was one or one person who didn't. Yeah, it. maybe. But yeah, I remember you sitting. You sat at that table a long time. I was like, I did. I I was emotionally exhausted after, which I that was like I think that was my first kind of dabble in like therapy. Yeah, maybe supporting with people, people, mm-hmm. and yeah, like back to back to back. And after it was over, I was like, whoa, I enjoyed that thoroughly, but I'm very tired. Yeah, <laughs> but it was really fun, and it was some people were very surprising to me. Like they're, the cards that they chose were unexpected and some totally made sense and some, you know, especially the gals that like I know better, it was easy for me to like see that value in them or easy for me to like make connections um, or like draw patterns or whatever, like which I really enjoy. So that was cool. But yeah, I know like Seb Yeah, I remember that Seb, that you had no idea that he was so like environmentally conscious until that conversation. No, I really didn't. And I wish I could remember what his three cards were, but it just, it, yeah, it was just a really interesting experience because he is someone who is very sure of himself and he, he was able to answer anything I asked with like drawing it back to this like belief that he has. Um, which I feel like now, especially with all of the work that y'all have done, it's like, oh, this like gut feeling that he has mm-hmm. and how he trusts that gut like implicitly. Yeah. And I think that's like what I was experiencing with him. But in the moment I was like, okay, but what about this? To, yeah. What about that? And he was like, no, but it's this. And I was like, oh, okay, but like maybe it's not like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. He also can get a little – um stubborn when he's sure that he's right so yeah <laughs> which i'm happening a little bit it probably was but i'm like who am i to say he's wrong like he knows him better than me but i i think yeah I also was, it was values, something was coming up for me as he well. also values questions though so you, he can never be mad when people question him because he does it to other people all the time yeah it was really fun but yeah it was the one and only time in my whole life of knowing seb that i was annoyed at him <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Yeah. Sorry, Seb. I forgive you. <laughs> uh, well, I will say that I did this values uh, exercise with him too. And mm-hmm. one of his top values was intuition, which checks out. Which is totally perfect for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what were your two that you chose from the Brené Brown exercise? Okay. So I actually, I have two, but my number three was very close behind. And I feel like contributes a little to both of the top ones. Um, Okay. But my two were authenticity and personal fulfillment. Okay. I had to uh, take a second. I was just thinking about, I was like, let me think about Bracey. Yeah, I think those are perfect. Yeah, I feel really good about them. I feel better about this than I did the first time, I think. Okay. But I think part of that is, and I, I think a big part of the reason my values are so different than they were is I've done so much work on myself. I've deconditioned Mm -hmm. from like societal expectations, a lot of my childhood and like the things that I thought were, you know, expected of me and all of that. And it's, I think these values are closer to my actual values. Yeah. 
I agree. I can totally, like, I can just very easily, I'm like, oh yeah, I can see. And I would imagine like our listeners can probably hear both of those and be like, oh yeah, that, that checks out for Bracey. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Oh, this is exciting. Okay. All right. Tell me yours. Well, can I ask what your honorable mention was? Yes. Uh, faith. Oh, I was really okay. actually surprised that wasn't in the top two. I think it was one of those situations where I kind of wanted to force it into the top two, but I feel like my faith is like part of my authenticity and personal fulfillment. So, okay. My top two and I'm okay. My f- top one was connection and that one. Well, that checks out. Yeah. That one felt really easy. And my second one, I was so hesitant to put it down and I don't know why, but I decided I was like, okay, this is the one that it is. So whatever it's growth, which like doesn't oh. seem that crazy, but because <laughs> it's a growth exciting. podcast. Yeah. But yeah, I was very hesitant in writing it and I'm oh, still God. kind of walking through why. I think what it might be is that I was scared to put it down and like claim that growth is really important to me because then I'm like, oh, am I really doing that? Like, will people think that's crazy? Like, I think I was like judging myself for it for some weird reason, but I, I also couldn't pick another one that felt better than that. So well, it's not like you're not ever going to grow. We change every day. So we're always growing. That's true. So of authenticity and personal fulfillment, like what, what do you feel like your behaviors are that support both of those? So I think this is going to sound really bad, but I think in general, I'm the kind of person who just kind of does what she wants and mm-hmm. and doesn't really – maybe I do sometimes worry about how that's going to look or whatever, but I still in general take action only on the things that I actually want to do. So yeah. I think that actually falls in both categories, authenticity and personal fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I think that my spiritual practice is – a good representation of both of those things and also being honest and creating boundaries, which we now know that I can actually do. (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) So yeah, I would say those are behaviors that support both of those values. Okay. Wow. What a boss babe you are. I knew that already, but it just is, it's, it's fun to hear it all like in a couple sentences. I'm like, wow, wow. Look at her. (laughs) I also feel like, I don't feel like that. Like, I don't feel as maybe assertive as that sounds, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, they are, they're actions that I take. So yeah, it is assertive, but it's like a more quiet assertiveness or something. All right. Well, that's good. I think. <laughs> yeah. I like it. All right. Tell me about your supportive behaviors. I feel like growth was an easier one for me to be like, okay, well, I'm in therapy. We do this podcast together mm-hmm. and have all these conversations about growth. And I think in general, like that is something that our friend group cares about and like Taylor yeah. cares about. And so like we have a lot of conversations about growth in general. So I feel like it's kind of always at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, your work too. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I feel like that one was easier for me to identify. And then connection. I mean, I love to ask questions. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a good listener. Mm-hmm. And I just enjoy meeting new people and hearing their stories. I love to hold I love to hold the stories. I really do. Um so yeah. Awesome. I think those are perfect. Okay, good. I'm glad. I needed a little validation in them. <laughs> 
my honorable mention one that I was toying with was curiosity, but I felt like that one could go under either connection or growth. Yeah, I feel like that was a big theme for me is when I was trying to narrow these down, there were a lot that were similar and also kind of rolled up under certain values. So yeah. Okay, what do you feel like are some of your slippery behaviors that can kind of get you outside of your value? So for authenticity, certainly worrying about how I'll be received is mm-hmm. a problem for me. Fear of yeah. judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one, which is similar, but I think different, is not expressing my faith and like censoring myself around people who maybe don't hold the same beliefs that I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then for personal fulfillment, I would say that, and actually Anna and I just talked off air about this, is attending events that I feel obligated to be at that I don't necessarily want to be at. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like societal expectation gets me sometimes, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you feel like you can't exempt yourself from it. Right. And then also when I live from shoulds, like I should do this Mm. or that or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What about you? I feel like for me, the thing that came to mind like immediately for connection was not telling people when they've upset me. Mm, yeah, that's um, a barrier to to real connection, according to Dr. Renee Brown. It, it is. I'm, and yeah, it's it's totally maybe not totally. It's like ninety percent a me thing of you know not trusting that other person's reaction. But yeah, it definitely is preventing a potential deeper connection with whoever it is. And then I think for growth, I was thinking about sometimes not viewing rest as growth or as productivity um, that even if that's something I really need, like, yeah, shooting myself into doing whatever. So that can definitely, that can be a little slippery. Yeah. I can feel like that can be a little slippery for all of us. Yeah. Did Taylor do these also? He hasn't finished, but he did start it. And his was interesting because he chose one, which was belonging. And then... I think curiosity was the one that he was the, the second one that he was yeah thinking about, but he never actually selected a second one. But what was interesting, and I brought this up to him, and he was not able to give me an answer, <laughs> and is still thinking about it. But he, when I like put the sheet in front of him, he was like, "Oh, do I choose the values that I want, or like that my best self would have, or am I picking the ones that I think are true for me right now?" Wow. and yeah, it was like, question. hmm, there might be some misalignment happening in your life if yeah. if you're trying to live out what you think your values should be versus what they actually are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, we've talked about it a little bit, and he's still mulling it over. So next well, time we I interview would love the boys, to hear more about that because I think that's fascinating. Oh, I totally. Will say that one of the ones that I think is on this list. That I feel like most people would think, oh, I should have that as a top value Mm -hmm. is family. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. most people assume that you have to value your family over growth and authenticity and all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I felt the same way about some of the like environmental ones Mm. that I was like, oh, I feel like I should care about this so much. And like, and it's, and not to say I do care about it, but I, 
could only give you like small examples probably of like how I am demonstrating that value in my life. And I was definitely when I was reading through the list was like, oh, I I wish I dedicated more of my life to this, but not necessarily because it's like something deep in my heart more because I'm like, as an outside perspective, like I should care more about this. Right. Yeah, I get that. Seb's third value honorable mention Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. nature which I was surprised didn't make the top two. But actually, his I, I know I told you intuition was one of his. His other one was personal fulfillment also. So I was like, this is really nice because this is a very yeah. tangible way that we can see that our values align. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. And it's an area that I know that we both excel in supporting each other. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, which is also really important. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you feel like, let's say like Seb's values – were completely different from yours. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like you could handle that, those differences? And even maybe not just with Seb, but like any close person in your life? I feel like doing this exercise actually kind of changed my feelings on this or maybe made me realize that this is a thing. But mm-hmm. I have a friend who in conversation has mentioned legacy several times before. And every time I think, why do you care about legacy? Like that seems Mm -hmm. very odd to me, like not something I ever think about. And then legacy was one of the values on paper. So when I saw it, I was like, oh, they just value legacy and I don't. And like, that's okay. And I think that that flipped a switch in my mind that I was like, okay, I might not understand why you value legacy, but I know that it's important to you and I can honor that part. Like I can honor it because it's important to you. Yeah. It gives you so much context about a person and like Mm -hmm. about their decisions that they make. Yeah. Um, I honestly kind of wish we could go around like introducing ourselves and telling our personal (laughs) values. Like that would give me way more information (laughs) about you than what you do for a living. Right. Okay. Well, maybe that'll be the new thing. It'll be like, hi, my name is Anna. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And my top two values are connection and growth. (laughs) I love it. Like, This is the world that I want to live in. (laughs) Just go ahead and put it in your email signature and we'll just start it. Everybody listening, go ahead and do this exercise, put it in your email signature. We're starting a movement. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just cut out all the small talk. Anna can ask you all the questions. I will talk about whatever deep topic you would like. Yes. We'll list our values first (laughs) for our careers. (laughs) Yes. I do think though – In some people, like, I think you have to know your boundaries because, like, obviously it's beautiful that we're all different and we have different values, but I think there probably is a point where, like, different is too different. Um, Yeah. So if you feel like there there are, like, fundamental important things that are not agreed upon, then – I think it's almost the way that a person acts on those values that can be not okay. Like I hear you that patriotism is a value you hold. I do not Mm -hmm. agree with you storming the Capitol. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's a great (laughs) distinction. (laughs) Okay. Well, similarly, were there any values on the list that you identified as like, quote unquote, bad values? There weren't any that I considered like, bad necessarily, but there were a handful, like patriotism being one of them, that I was like, I could see how this could go badly. (laughs) I could see how this could like really disrupt relationships. Like the one that – the first one when I was like reading through the list just because they're in alphabetical order that I was like, oh, that's an interesting one, was being the best. Mm -hmm. 
I just, I was like, oh, I could, I totally understand this is a value, but I also was like, I could see how this could manifest in like putting a ton of pressure on yourself and could lend itself to perfectionism and putting all of your self-worth and like, are you the best? And it's also just like not possible to be the best at everything. <laughs> um, so that one, and then yeah, patriotism, I, I was like, I could, it just depends. Like it totally depends on how it plays out and like how you manage these values and like the behaviors that surround them. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think it's that the value is bad. I think it's mm-hmm. that it's easy to operate in a low expression of that value in our culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's quite a few on here that people might label as bad, like pride. I mm-hmm. like most mm-hmm. people assume that pride is bad. But if you're proud of your children, nobody has issues with that. Like, right. I think it really just depends on the expression. And there are certain values that are commonly operated out of like a poor expression of the value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great explanation of it. Okay, so what would you say happens when you're out of your values or when you're in your values? I think when I'm in my values, I just feel better in every way, like emotionally, mentally, physically. Like I I feel like I'm on the right path and I'm doing the things that make me happy and like I'm living like my truest self and when I'm out of my values, I think I just feel in a funk. Like I feel stuck a little bit. I feel kind of lost. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, same. I feel like being out of your values is basically like self-betrayal. Like you're operating Mm -hmm. against the way you naturally want to and should operate. Yeah. And yeah, you're betraying yourself. And then when you're in your values... I really think that watching people live in their values is like watching them live their best life. Like that's what it is. And I think that's really cool because it's basically like a guideline of how to be happy. Yeah. Make choices in your values and you won't regret them. Totally. Yeah. I love that. Well, and I feel like that kind of leads us into talking about like, how do you use these values as a guidepost? Well, I think it's funny that I, mentioned my slippery behavior was like operating out of obligation because I feel like Mm -hmm. that is the example of how not (laughs) to do it. Um, But yeah, I think you just have to weigh every decision against your values. Like, is this in alignment with my values? And if it's not, like, what is the consequence of me Mm -hmm. choosing to operate out of alignment with my values? Yeah, like you're having to weigh that and decide if the cost of it is worth it. Right. Yeah. And I think you can come back to these when you're making decisions, especially if it like doesn't feel clear cut or whatever and Agreed. I think and kind this of is use awesome. it as a roadmap. Yeah, it's awesome to know your values. I, after this, I feel very confident in my decision-making process because now mm-hmm. I know it's it's super easy to say, okay, well – does this decision make sense with my values of authenticity and personal fulfillment? Am right. I going to be fulfilled? Does it feel authentic to me? No, don't do it. Yeah. It's like a really simple, one of those like flow chart things that's like, is yeah. this authentic? Yes, no. If it's no, don't do it. Yes, keep going or like whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly such 
a blessing to like know what your values are because it does make life easier. Yeah. I felt so fulfilled, personally fulfilled after doing this exercise (laughs) because I, I was like, the applications of this are going to be very, very helpful for me, I think. Yeah. Agree. Also, feel free to take a shot every time one of us says the word value in this podcast or connection or growth or authenticity or personal fulfillment. (laughs) You would be very drunk by the end. (laughs) They wouldn't make it through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. We are not liable for any choices you (laughs) decide to make about the consumption of alcohol. Um, But yeah, I I agree with everything you just said. I don't know what it was anymore. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. All right. Any last words on values? I feel like my only final thought is to just encourage people to do this. Like it's the PDF is living into our values. Um, if you have access to a printer, That's definitely, yeah, print them out. It's a little easier to to answer them that way. And there are a lot more questions that we didn't go through that are on it. But yeah, it was really interesting. It was a fun activity. Yeah, yeah I would love to do this with um, more people. Yeah. All right. Well, we would love to hear about your values or if you ended up doing this activity, we would love to talk more about it with you. So please email us at lightheartedpodcast at gmail.com. And we actually had our good friend Leslie email us a couple of weeks ago after the card pull episode. And it was just really special. I think Bracey and I both had a pretty emotional reaction yes. uh, to reading her her email, and it was really sweet, and she gave us permission to read part of it. So from Leslie, she said, for me, the cards themselves don't have any specific meaning, and they don't tell a specific future or anything. I believe that one can find meaning in the cards. For me, I view pulling cards as a calming, reflective exercise, an opportunity to slow down, look inside ourselves, and contemplate the events happening in our lives, our actions, our thoughts, and even the tiny, barely conscious nudges our gut gives us that seem impossible to ignore when the cards bring them to light as well. I have pulled cards with friends, my first introduction being at Bracey's house during a sleepover right before Anna moved to Portland, and my partner, and it is a meaningful way to connect with those around you. It can also help one gain additional perspective on your life from those closest to you if you are into that sort of thing, which I personally am. When a card is pulled, I love to first provide my initial thoughts, then I appreciate when others chime in with their thoughts and about what the card could mean for me. Sometimes I'll even write down the cards I pulled and journal about them later. It makes it even more of a reflective exercise for me. Leslie, we love you. Yeah, I really appreciated that perspective. And also, Leslie is our other card queen. So there's her endorsement. (laughs) Absolutely. So thank you, Leslie, for that. And if y'all want to follow along on Instagram, be sure to do that at LightheartedPod. Talk to you soon. See ya. See ya.